many, if not most of you, have heard me say from time to time about, talk about the Christian practices of generosity and gratitude, and how when we cultivate an attitude of generosity and an attitude of thankfulness, when we act upon it by making gifts and giving thanks wherever we can, we're not only making manifest the freedom we enjoy in Christ, but we are also, uh, in a sense, teaching ourselves and recalling ourselves and reclaiming uh, the experience of that freedom. Now, many of you will have heard of the character Gordon Gecko, and even if you never saw the w movie Wall Street, which came out about tw over 20 years ago now and still gets aired from time to time, you may have heard of Gecko because of his infamous remark. He's in a stockholder meeting. He says, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for a better, want of a better word, is good. Greed is good. He also said things like, lunch is for wimps. And uh, if you need a friend, get a dog. And, uh, and in answer to the question of how much money is enough, he said, it's not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Money isn't lost or made. It's simply transferred from one perception to another. Gecko is the personification of what all that we think of as greed, the desire to have more than we could possibly need or enjoy, the excessive desire for wealth or possessions. Now, we've heard a lot recently about greedy bankers and populist anger and people whipping up blame of this person or that person as they try and develop support for finance reform and so on and so forth. But greed is not something that just afflicts a few people, not the mega wealthy, not whoever it is we don't like at the moment who has more than we do. Greed is rather more complicated. Greed at some level afflicts all of us at one time and another. Because you see, you all know the truism. We tend to judge others by their behavior, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. <laughs> and, and so we rarely, if ever, accuse ourselves of greed. See, we're not the greedy ones. Oh, it's those people who we don't like at the moment. And they don't judge themselves greedy, do they? they the people they, that we might think are greedy are not so very different than we are. It's not about the money or the accumulation of wealth. Those are simply the rewards of my meeting the great challenges I face. Or eating dessert for the third time today is not something I want to do regularly, but I just want a little indulgence. I ate six cookies yesterday morning, I confess. I'm trying to lose some weight. It was a bad idea. It was pure greed. <laughs> By insisting on the best, I'm creating a truly beautiful home, and I intend to use it for hospitality and for charity and, and uh, parties and to make it a, a comfortable place that's big enough for the grandchildren to come and stay. I want to be the best at what I do. It's not that means making more money. See, money isn't lost or made. It's simply transferred from one perception to another. See, these may be rationales to cover our sin, or they may actually be true and honest desires. And the, the truth of which it is will only come clear in the whole pattern of our lives, whether we're living free, whether we have died with Christ and are raised with Christ or not. The, the, uh, the moral and spiritual choices that we face will only become clear 
and how we live them out in the whole pattern of our lives. I can't find the citation for this factoid, but I've read it in the last couple of months uh, when some people did a survey to try and discover what we all thought was enough money, how much money is enough. And basically what the researchers found was that whatever our income level, about 20% more is enough. <laughs> we all believe we just had 20%. We're not being greedy, just 20% would be just fine. And of course, if we had it, it wouldn't be long before one reason or another that we wanted another 20%. See, we don't perhaps need the money. Maybe we just need recognition for our work, for what we've done. Maybe we want some sort of affirmation. Can you see how greed is not the straightforward sin that it might appear to be in the mouths of those trying to incite populist anger for political ends? See, it's not listed among the deadly ones for nothing. Jesus says, be on, our, be on your guard against all kinds of greed and tells the story of a man who thought if he could just get bigger barns and get everything settled, then he'd be able to relax and eat and drink and be merry. But Paul does something that you don't find in any dictionary. He says greed, he says greed is idolatry. The root of greed is idolatry. Think about that for a minute. He seems to be saying that this desire for something outside ourselves, for more and more and more, is somehow substituting from our turning to the real source of happiness, from the real source of our life, the love that made us for love, and is looking for happiness in something else, something, some sustenance, some material possession, money, whatever it is, it's not God. And ultimately, more and more and more is not going to make us happy. It's not going to free us. It's one of the instincts, greed is one of the instincts that led people to that silly story of the people in the wilderness who didn't like the way things were going, and so Moses was up the mountain talking to God, and they got together and they built a golden calf, and they worshipped the calf as if that was going to do anything. We all know that's ridiculous. But that same motivation of looking for something other than God that's going to make everything all right, that's going to allow us to relax and eat and drink and be merry. It's exactly what we do. Perhaps with just another 20%, I could say, soul, you have ample good laid up, goods laid up for many years. Just 20%. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. I began by pointing out that gratitude and generosity in particular, generosity is both the antonym and the antidote for greed. And I've shared with you many times how my own anxieties will tend to devolve to being around money sooner or later. I can't afford it. I'm hemorrhaging money. Everything's too expensive. And these are the kinds of thoughts that will lead me to self-indulgence, will trigger a desire for more, will set me looking for the wrong kind of thing. Pure anxiety, instead of remembering that what I have already is enough for life. I have love and relationship and community and hope. And so making a gift is a tangible way of placing my whole trust in God's grace and love, getting centered without necessary, necessarily needing to engage some logical process. Giving is the antidote to anxiety. Thankfulness, the antidote to fear. All of it, the, the freedom that is the, the very opposite 
of what leads us to be greedy. Uh, some of you know Inamar de Souza. Inamar is the dean of the cathedral in Rio and uh, our companion parish in Rio de Janeiro. And when she was visiting us, and I tell this story with permission, she was at the uh, women's retreat. And some of you were there, and you were looking at what makes you anxious and where you, where you practice generosity. And Inamar, kind of a buzzkiller actually, said, well, I... The most generous person I know is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. You know? <laughs> yes, well, right. Yes, thank you for that. Let's... <laughs> wow. And of course, she's right. Of course, she's right that the generosity that is so liberating, that is the experience of the freedom we know when we have died with Christ and been raised to new life, that that freedom is the same freedom that Jesus knew. The freedom that, that says the, what really matters is love. The love that made us for love. The love that is more important than death. More powerful than anything we can imagine. What shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? And so the antidote to greed is the practice of generosity. The cultivation of an attitude of gratitude. It's why we recommend that the first check we write each month be a gift to someone else. And so let's take time for prayer and silence as we do each week. And instead of using it as a kind of neurotic assessment as to whether or not we've been greedy, instead use it to inventory all the things that you can think of for which you are truly grateful. And I hope we run out of time because this in itself is doing the spiritual work that we've been given to do, claiming the freedom that we've been given in Christ. You've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. In silence and in response to the gospel, let us pray.